everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Today I'm pleased to have with me the author of a series of dark southern gothic mysteries with strong and flawed female characters. She's going uh, going to give away a copy of her first book, A Killing Fire, and her second book, A Killing Rain, was named by Crime Reads as one of the best southern gothic mysteries of 2022. She also won and has been long-listed for various uh, writing awards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is my great pleasure to have with me today, Faye Snowden. Hi, Faye. How are you doing? Fine, Debbie. How are you? Good. Thank you. And I need to put you in the spotlight, if I can manage to do that. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I am just a technological mess today. There we go. That's much better. (laughs) So tell us about uh, Raven Burns and the Killing series and what inspired you to write it. Oh my, uh, certainly. So this series was actually not my first. I had a Mm -hmm. um, romantic suspense series um, back in the day. But uh, the Raven Burns uh, series is, like you said, Southern Noir, complete mystery, uh, dark mystery. And it is about a woman whose father was a serial killer. And so in order to kind of atone for his sins and to prove that she's a good citizen, she decides to become a homicide detective um, to right his wrongs. And uh, in that small town, uh, made up fictional town, um, she lives in Bird's Landing, Louisiana, that seems for some reason to have a lot of serial killers. (laughs) And she has to spend um, an inordinate amount of time um, chasing them. So the series is actually based on um, the, uh, what is it, the four, is it the four? Oh, I got it. I'm I'm kind of uh, drawing a blank there. But it's based on fire, water, rain. I mean, fire, water, um, uh, soil, and then air. So the first book in the series is The Killing Fire. 
Um, and then the second book is A Killing Rain, which is out now. I'm working on A Killing Breath as we speak. And then the last book is A Killing Soil. And in each book, Raven is going to learn something about herself that's either going to push her to be a good citizen of Bird Landing, Louisiana, or become more like her father. So, oh, wow. I'm really, I'm really interested hearing some interesting themes that people are basing their series on lately. Yeah. I've heard yeah. the seven deadly sins now. Uh, oh, the yes. Four, the four elements. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. Earth, wind, yeah. fire, um, water. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then I got the idea for the book because um, I, I tell the story all the time, my poor dad, mm -hmm. but I am a child of divorce. Um, and so, you know, my mom who's since passed away, she died in 2015, but she did not have a fondness for my dad after the divorce. And um, she would disparage him in front of us. Um, and then I looked a lot like my dad, I favored him a lot. And I used to look in the mirror and said, well, if my dad's a something and something, what does that make me? You know, what is that insight? How, what kind of person does that make me? And I just started, you know, a writer's mind just takes off sometimes the imagination. I said, oh, you know, that would be a neat character to write. But, you know, you have to up the stakes. So it's like, what if her dad's a serial killer? And, then, and so it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I had wow. you know, an idea in a book and so forth. Wow, that is intriguing, though, the uh, premise there, the idea of a, a detective who's motivated by the fact that her father was a serial killer. Yes. I thought yes. that was very intriguing. Um, so what are you working on now? What I'm working on now is um, I'm working on uh, like a short stories. Um, cool. And I, I just think the short story form just really helps you hone the craft. Um, I have a short story now that's out in the best American mystery and suspense called The Obsession of um, Abel Tangier. So, and then I just try to do them in my spare time. But <laughs> what I'm working on now, as far as this series is concerned, I'm working on the third book in the series. It was going to be called A Killing Breath. I'm almost ready to submit the first 50 pages to my agent and my editor to see if um, it's a go. Let's hope that it is. But it's been just a joy to work on. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, is there kind of an overarching journey that you see Raven going on throughout the series? Does she reach I, a kind of closure at some point? I do. And I think I'd like to think that it mirrors the journey that we go on through life um, at either. I mean, my journey, I can only speak from my perspective, but you know, when you're, you're young and you have all these doubts about who you are and you don't know who you are. And, you know, we constantly ask her, I constantly ask myself, am I a good person? Am I, or am I kind of a good person? I think I'm a good person. I'm not sure. And then as you get older, you become sure, more sure about that, more sure about who you are, more sure about your values until you reach a point. Um, and I'd like to think I reached that point where you are okay in your skin. So the journey that Raven's going on is to determine, you know, to, to get to that place where she's okay in her skin. However, what's going to be different from Raven is that at the, like I said, at the end of the series, she may not be, um, her moral compass may be way off 
<laughs> for mm. the moral compass of a, a law-abiding citizen. So, I mean, you may still want to go have a beer with her, but you may not want to trust her with your bank account. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so she, that's the arc, but I don't know how it's going to end um, because she is influenced by her father. Um, and then by people constantly telling her that she, you know, she's evil and and her thinking that she's evil. And so she's got all kinds, all kinds of that to sort out to kind of, to kind of, she's wrestling with that dark place inside her and trying to figure out how to kind of incorporate that into a, into something useful. Interesting. Yeah. So along with writing fiction, I see that you teach, you've been a guest lecturer for writing courses as yes. well as teaching information technology i thought that was intriguing <laughs> yes so i my um day job um i say it's the um the only job i know aside from writing is i've been in information technology my entire career um the last you know maybe 10 years or so i've been a pro you know in project management so sometimes i'll teach a university course on project management and then because I, I'm still really um, in contact with my professors, they will ask me to come in and do a lecture on writing courses, on writing or the business of writing or just readings and, and those types of things. So but it's really interesting. Yeah, I uh, went to library school. I have a library oh. science degree, so oh, wow. <laughs> it's an old library science degree at this point, but nonetheless, yeah. So, I am a fan of librarians. I got to tell you. Oh, me too. And I am like a, in awe of people who do good jobs on information technology. So <laughs> well done you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. So I was looking around for information about Southern Gothic mysteries. So I did a little Google search and mm. um, this article pops up from Crime Reads and I'm oh, reading yeah. through it and it's like, whoa, this is so good. And I'm reading through it and I, I get to the bottom and guess who it who wrote it? It was you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I gotta say that is a article. nice article you wrote. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Can you talk a little about little bit about what you said about the uh, Southern Gothic mystery in that article? Oh, I certainly can. So um the origins of Southern Gothic um, of course has its origins in um the the, the southern the gothic stories that were told you know in England way back when um it, it, you know and it has certain elements you know it, it, I, what I said in the article is that that kind of that genre traveled across the pond and of course <laughs> then you know the Americans we put our own little spin on it so what what the gothic or the um the gothic genre the southern gothic genre does usually stories that are set in the south, and the but it's really heavy on the subtext so it, it it's kind of um stories that will kind of make the reader feel uneasy because what it is saying and what it's not saying so there's like um there's uh elements of uh you know corruption in it especially religious corruption it usually you know instead of um the, like in gothic stories the action happening in some um old you know haunted man mansion the uh whole south 
becomes that like haunted place or that um, dark place where the stories happens. It's about the return of the repressed, things that um, as a society, we don't like to think about or talk about, but mm -hmm. it's there in the undertones of the story. Like for example, in um, the book, A Killing Fire, the, 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 the parish that the town is set in was um, the imaginary town. I would, if I was, if somebody said, okay, Faye, what parish in Louisiana? Because Louisiana has parishes, I would say in Caddo parishes. And I read once, I don't know if this, how true this is, but that area of the country had more lynchings than any other country. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, we build a town on top of that. We build all our societal structures without never dealing with that. So this bubbles up in Gothic fictions, these things that we don't like to think about or talk about kind of bubbles up in the, in the stories that you read. You may see things like they're, you know, incest or talk about incest or the damsel in distress, you know, that kind of thing. There may be elements of the supernatural. So in the second book of Killing Rain, it's a mystery, no paranormal elements, but there are things in there that happens that are that, that can't be explained. Um, if I, if you if I were to sum it up in a nutshell, it's it's about um, stories that we as a society tell about ourselves. However, with um, with that dark undertone that we don't that, that surfaces things that we don't like to think about. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's interesting how how much crossover there is between that kind of uh, crime writing and hard-boiled mystery. Yeah. And yeah. film noir. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem to kind of come together at some point in this big Venn diagram. There's mm -hmm. a part where they all kind of intersect. Yeah. Um, how much research do you do when you're writing a book? Um, a lot. Um, I For A Killing uh, Fire, I I did a lot of research about, you know, the town that I wanted to model um, uh, my fictional town on about Louisiana about and I grew up in Louisiana so it was kind of learning a little bit about where I grew up um, I do just enough research that helps me drive my storyline when I'm doing it in a healthy way right um, when I start doing the research and I'm saying, oh my goodness, I can do this in the story, it, it goes to my plot, and and then I pretty much stop at that point. But I sometimes I'm a procrastinator, so <laughs> sometimes I do so much research to keep from writing. So and I get kind of like paralysis analysis and mm -hmm. uh, that way, and that's when I know that I need to I need to stop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easy, too easy to get sucked down that old rabbit hole of research yes. online. Boy, I tell you. It goes and goes. <laughs> it does, indeed. What authors have most inspired you to write, and who do you love to read? Oh, my goodness. The authors that have inspired me to write... I would just say the the classics because um, I am an English major, <laughs> so um, uh, you know my favorite book in the world. If somebody said, "Lay it down, let us know," would be uh, Ralph Ellison, The Invisible Man. Yeah, 
Invisible mm -hmm. Man, Ralph Ellison, and then Toni Morrison, of course, um, was a big fan of Alice Walker. Um, and uh, so those are, and then another one, she wrote The Street, and I can't, for, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. I think it starts with Anne, Anne but The Street is a really, really good book, and Zero Nero Hurston also, um, and then Faulkner, love William Faulkner. So the when you say the classics, that that's it. But contemporary writers, um, Tracy Clark is a great writer. Um, uh, right now, I think she has a book out that's called Hyde. Um, and then another one who is knocking my socks off these days, S.A. Cosby. Oh boy, yeah. Really, really good. He's, <laughs> yes, I don't know if yes. you interviewed him and he's such a nice person. So it's good to see all that <laughs> wrapped up together. Oh my gosh, yeah. I gotta yeah. say, I saw, I read Blacktop, uh, Wasteland. Wasteland, thank you. Way mm -hmm. back when it was, when it first came out, it was part of, it was submitted as part of the Hammett submissions. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to me, that one, that was one of the ones that really stood out for me. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this book could be made into a movie. Yeah. And it is being, as I understand. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm yeah. not at all surprised. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Great book. Um, Let's see. Uh, if someone adopted your books, say the Killing series, into a television show or film, who could you picture playing Raven? Oh my goodness! Do you know the woman who's in the Big Sky? I don't know her sky. name. I don't know the Big Sky. The Big Sky, mm. C.J. Box's um, uh, series. I got adapted to television. The Big Sky. I don't know who. Uh, it's a set in Wyoming, I believe, or in the in the plain states um but she would be to me a great person that could play raven i just love that actor she's really good cool um what advice would you give to anyone who is interested in a writing career yeah that's a tough one and then you know people may say oh people i get asked that question all the time but that's a really tough question because it has a really tough answer um, the first advice I would give if they need to read, I mean, read not only the stuff that they want to write, but they need to read widely, um, you know, in all different genres, all different, you know, fiction, nonfiction, just read, kind of, kind of learn how sentences are put together, how stories are told, the elements of story, and you can get a lot of that through reading. Um, the other thing is that, um, when you're writing, know that your first and second, or maybe not even your third draft, may be ready for prime time. So you've got to write the best story that you can write, um, and and just focus on that, and not focus on, you know, oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't wait till the fan letters come in because I wrote, you know, just <laughs> you you have to be that. And then the other one is that. Um, um, I hesitate to say this because it is hard, you know, writing, and I just say it in the blog post, I think for you. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> hard. So you've got to make time for it and make time, you know, you're going to miss out on some things. So you really have to get over that fear of missing out, that FOMO. I think yeah. that is so true. I mean, I don't know about you, but when it comes to writing, I need to kind of shut out everything yes. else and just do it. Mm -hmm. I can't be checking my email. I can't be looking online, you know, 
all the time. I can't be doing Instagram or anything else. I have to be writing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people, I don't think really quite appreciate just how much your life gets consumed by all this. It does. It, does. it really, really does. Yeah. And especially when you have a day job, because I have a really intense day job and, you know, having to go into, you know, your office or wherever you write after you've been doing a lot of heavy brain work all day is tough. Oh my gosh. I really admire people who have a day job and can write. Mm -hmm. How do you uh, manage your time? What kind of writing schedule do you keep? When I'm, when I'm being really good, which I'm just starting to be really good because I really want to finish this uh, uh, killing breath is that um, I make appointments with myself. Like for example, I used to take a lot of classes, extra classes. I'm like, hey, if you can go to basket weaving class every Tuesday and Thursday from six to nine o'clock, you can write every Tuesday and Thursday from six to nine o'clock. So I just set those appointments and I keep those appointments. And, <laughs> and um, even if I go in the office and stare at my computer, I, I do that. And then eventually I'll get bored of doing that because I don't let myself go online that I'll start working on what I need to work on. And then usually I have a schedule like maybe like seven in the morning till 12 at one on the weekends. And that's because that's when all the kiddos and my grandkids who live with me start getting up and then I'm not missing out on spending any time with them. So basically making a schedule and keeping to that schedule. Yeah, that's really kind of what you have to do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. Very, very important. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, I think the one thing I add is writing is serious business, but don't take it too seriously. <laughs> Remember, you know, you're writing to tell a good story, to have fun, write what you like to read. Um, and give yourself some grace while you're doing it. So that's probably what I would want to finish up with. That is excellent advice. I got to say the mm -hmm. best, you know, really give a, give yourself some a break there. It's not brain science, right? It's not um, brain surgery or rocket science, right? Nobody's going to die literally yeah. <laughs> if you write the wrong word. Um, it all works out somehow. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is one, this has been great. Thank, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for inviting me. What a great it, time. Well, I, it was a pleasure having you here and thank you so much for everything you, you've said, because it's so true. It writing is hard and it's important to, uh, have a schedule and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so for everyone listening, uh, just so you know, I have launched another podcast, if you can believe that. This one is a podcast on film noir that I'm co-hosting with crime writer F.R. Jameson. We, we discuss uh, one film noir a month, and for our first episode, we're discussing Double Indemnity, a real classic. So we're, we're giving you the good stuff. The next episode is going to be on Out of the Past, which is a really a wild movie. So, so stay tuned for that. Anyway, um, just thought I'd mention that. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and consider supporting us on Patreon. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. In the meantime, I'll just say thanks for listening. And um, next time, our guest will be Amanda Lamb. In the meantime, take care and happy reading. Thank you.